Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Mondo Show. On today's program, I'm going to be talking about what the world would look like if you knew your purpose. What if I told you that the key in finding your purpose is connected to hearing from God? You don't want to miss today's program. You know, you and I were wired to hear God's voice, but the reality is that our lives are filled with distractions and making daily decisions that can change our lives forever. We go through hard times, and if that's not enough, the state of our current culture is causing confusion, and the constant pressure on a daily basis, I can tell you, is making it very hard to be present or even hear God's voice. When God's word is being changed from our pulpits today and the message is being censored in the public square Many people have lost the ability to recognize God's voice. Our lives are meant to be a transformational tool for family, for career, for the community. We need practical tools that can reignite and help jumpstart the ability to hear God's voice in the decisions we make every day. I want to take a few moments to share a personal story with you because my life was transformed when I began to learn to hear God's voice. You know, as a former gang member from the streets of Los Angeles, I had no clue that I could hear, let alone talk to God. I was on a speaking tour one time that was set up all over the world in front of thousands of people sharing my story every single night for about, I think it was six months, traveling all over the world. But in the midst of that travel, I felt a voice speaking to me and, you know, I found myself in the room. People were applauding. People were cheering. And, and the Coliseum was filled with people that came to hear me share the story of gangs from gangs to graves. And I want to tell you something. I was just the next gang member that fell in love with Jesus. And now here I was traveling the world, speaking about God and talking about God. But the reality is that I didn't know how to hear God's voice. I didn't understand one bit of what that meant. On one of my last days in the tour, I called a mentor of mine, Jim Baker, and I shared on how I was hearing this voice all day and all night. And I told him, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if I'm going crazy or I'm being delusional or, or I'm having PTSD. Let me tell you something. There's something about mentors that have been where you have been. And Jim today is now my adopted dad. And I remember him sharing with me the process of how to hear from God. He said, you have to get to know him through reading his word and praying and learning how God speaks throughout his word. Dad said to me, you need to train your ear to listen to the intuition and the instinct. You have to learn how to rewire your brain to hear God's voice. And you know what? After I spoke with dad, after I spoke with, with him and I sat down and, and understood what he was telling me, I canceled all of my speaking engagements. I stopped traveling. 
I got committed to learn to rewire my brain to have the ability to hear and recognize God's voice in my life. I met a brain doctor named Paul Hextrom, and I did my research on how the brain is wired. You have to understand something about me. I had been wiring the streets to live and act on survival mode. All my decision was out of survival. It's how you stay alive in the streets of Los Angeles, especially being involved in gangs. I didn't trust anyone's voice or their advice. I only trusted the voice I could hear at that time, and that was my own instinct, my own intuition. <laughs> and boy, did that get me in a lot of trouble with the cops. I needed wisdom from above to help me break through the change in the way I was thinking and the way my brain had been wired. I had to commit and trust God that the journey that I was now on was going to get me to the place where I could hear from God. I wanted to be a changed man. I wanted to have purpose in my life. I wanted to find the practical tools to get me to where I wanted to be in my life. And the success I was looking for was all connected to my brain, how to wire my, my, my thinking to God and being able to hear his voice. I can tell you that the reason why I, here, I sit here today hosting my own program, co-hosting on the Jim Baker Show, two national television programs around America, and the reason is because I have learned to rewire and listen to God's voice in my life. Today, I want to share with you two great people that have written a powerful book on the very subject. The book is called Wired to Hear, Connecting God's Voice to Your Life, Influence, and Career. Bob Hassan is an author, businessman, a leadership consultant. He helps strengthen leaders and organizations with financial advice. Bob is the co-host of Exploring the Marketplace podcast. My other guest is Sean Bolts, an international speaker, producer, TV host, podcaster, and author. He's well known for his prophetic accuracy. He is the co-host of Exploring the Marketplace podcast. Bob and Sean have come together to help you and I find hope, truth, and perspective about our God-given role in the marketplace. Whether you're a manager or you manage your own business or you have your career and you're just simply trying to find value in the work that you do, well, you came to the right program because today's show is just for you. I want to tell you something. Their brand new book, Wired to Hear, Connecting God's Voice to Your Life, Influence, and Career is the book that you're going to want to have if you want your life to change the way my life was changed almost 15 years ago in the middle of me traveling, God interrupted my life and changed my life, rewired my brain. And today in the midst of confusion, social media confusion, the narrative confusion that is out there, I can tell you, I can recognize God's voice by simply applying the very tools that this book has and the book that is transformed me once again to go up to the next level. I want you to help me welcome Bob and Sean to the program. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. So glad to be here. 
How are you, Mondo? I'm so excited that the two of you are joining me. But before I get started with your book, I want to get your thoughts on the state of the culture right now. Because our culture is in turmoil where so many people are offended, so many people are divided from politics to race words, economics to freedom of religion being under attack. I want to know where are we headed as a culture right now? Well, I can go first, Bob. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm one of those guys that's half isn't just, or glass isn't just half full, but it's overflowing. And I think, you know, when darkness like this covers the earth, this is the time to salt the earth and shine. This is the time when God is speaking and he's, he's giving us his original perspective. Nothing surprised or shocked God right now. And there's so many things that are happening that it's easy to get offended, even as Christians, because our rights are being taken away or challenged in so many places around the, the, the continent, not just America. But in the midst of that, if we would tuck into God, if we would really do what we're saying in this book and what you've been talking about, we're going to have solutions and provide opportunity for freedom that we never knew before, not just for the church, but for people in every industry, in every place of society, every type of nation. We have an opportunity right now that no other generation has probably had quite like this, that we're at the end of a hundred year event or the beginning of a hundred year event through the pandemic that's changing everything. And it's a disruptor. It's time for Christianity to become a disruptor. Wow. What about you, Bob? Well, Mondo, I think that love casts out fear. And our society right now is full of fear on every front. And 1 John 4.18 talks about love not being able to coexist with fear because fear has to do with punishment. And I think we're seeing that in this society. And so getting back to our first love of Jesus and loving one another, I think, is the way that we're going to head out of uh, this situation that we're in. I want to get to your book, Wired to Hear. Why did you title this book, Wired to Hear? It really came out of Bob and I going around and sharing uh, with business leaders and marketplace leaders around the world where we were talking to them and taking all the excuses away for why they didn't feel like they heard from God. And, you know, we we both coach people. And one of the things that we come back to consulting in businesses, especially mainly with believers, is that if we don't hear from God or recognizing how we're hearing from God, we can't recreate the good wins, the successes that we're blessed with that he's given us. And also we can't problem solve. And so we start to like look in the nature of, you know, Martin Luther nails the, the thesis on the Wittenberg door. And that thesis is all about us being justified by our own faith, being able to read the Bible for ourselves, being able to pray for ourselves. And what Bob and I believe is also to hear God for ourselves. That that is kind of a bonus gift in current church culture, but it should be very central to our relationship with God. You know, hearing from God is probably one of the most difficult things to develop. One of the most practical ways that God communicates to us is if we listen. My question is, how do we help people develop that practical way to hearing from God? That's a great question. And I think in this fast-paced society, we've gotten into a place where we expect answers uh, immediately. So we go into our quiet time in the morning and we pray our list and we ask the Lord for the things that we need. And we have three or four minutes left and we say, okay, Lord, answer me. And what Sean and I have found through the writing of this book and through our careers is that God speaks to us in so many different ways. And if we leave our quiet time and get out to our day at work or 
in the home or wherever we're going, <clears throat> God has a myriad of ways that he's speaking to us. Have you ever been talking to a friend who's talking about some other subject and then out of this friend's mouth comes the answer to the thing you've been praying about? What we're talking about is opening our minds and opening our ears to listen, to hear the voice of God coming from wisdom, coming from scripture, coming from prophetic words, coming from the process, coming from instinct or intuition. Wow. Sean, I want to know, because it intrigued me that our purpose is connected to hearing from God. How is that so? Well, if you think of God, I mean, for millions of years, equivalent of millions of years, for each one of us, he dreamed of us. The Godhead was in heaven before time and thought of you, thought of me, and thought of the things we would do with him. And when Jesus came, he restored us to that original intention of the Godhead, the original intention of the Father's heart. And so he restored all things, which means both here on the earth, we're going to have a measure of restoration, and then in, in eternity, we have full restoration. The first thing that God ever did for man in the garden was give man and woman a job to steward and co-create. But it wasn't just for God. It was to do it with God. And that's a huge difference when you understand it's for connection and relationship. So God has these intentions he's restored us to now. And part of what we're supposed to do as humanity is to help restore everything as though it wasn't lost, as much as we can before the return of Jesus. So we give him his inheritance. We give him what he's paid a price for on the cross. But we do it in a way where it's spiritually intelligent, where we have a connection to that heart of the Father. And the Holy Spirit said, God, Jesus said about the Holy Spirit in John 14, 15, and 16, he says he's going to come to you, and he's not going to speak his own agenda, but he's going to speak the Father's perceptions and heart from heaven, which means the Father has a current heart for a scenario on the earth right now, and if we can catch up to it, everything can change around us. You know, it's so intriguing, and I keep saying that because life is intriguing. People's lives, their story is so intriguing. And some people end up doing a job that they were never meant to do. And that's probably based on the decision-making that they made. Growing up in the streets, I operated in instinct and intuition, but it got me in trouble because I didn't understand the difference between the two. Sometimes my intuition messed up my instinct and my instinct messed up my intuition. But what's the difference between those two so we can understand it better? It's really interesting with instinct and intuition because they're a part of discernment. And discernment comes from, it's one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And it comes from the ability to have God's inner thoughts or inner process within us. First Corinthians 2 describes it where the Holy Spirit searches the deepest parts of the Father and relates them inside of us spiritually. And that comes through sometimes discernment or instinct or intuition. As somebody who's, you know, in business or somebody who's a mom, you have a natural instinct, which is kind of like a oh my gosh, right now I can feel I need to do this I, I, to avoid trouble or to help my child. And some of that's good and some of that's bad. It's not always based on relevant information. It's not based on scientific, but it's based on an inner feeling or an inner gut check that you get. And spiritually, we get that same kind of gut check, but the difference is it's to serve our spiritual position with God. It's to serve Him ultimately. And that's when you know it's different than just, ah, oh, I feel afraid right now, but there's maybe a, I feel like I need to do something but it has kind of a, a, a God tag on it where it's like for the sake of God versus just to avoid trouble or conflict. Intuition, on the other hand, is like when you when you base a series of decisions or a decision not on what you know educationally, not what you know based to be true from the past or from science or experiment, 
but you base it on the sense that your own well-being or what you feel is at stake. It's very much like instinct, but you're not looking at any of the normal data you would look at. A lot of businessmen do this where all of a sudden you get an intuition, a feeling, they're intuitive over a situation that bypasses what the normal, you know, what's on the table, what it says, and they make a decision other than, again, discernment-wise is part of intuition or intuition is part of discernment. So when you're growing in your capacity to hear from God, he uses these very things that are very wired into humanity, but he redeems them and brings them into their form that he intended them for in the first place. If you're watching and you're hearing right now, you're listening to the authors of Wired to Hear, connecting God's voice to your life, influence, and career. Bob Hassan is an author, businessman, and leadership consultant. Sean Bowles is a TV host, producer, author, podcaster, and they're here today to talk about their brand new book. And one of the areas, Bob, that is probably the area that makes the world go around is the marketplace. It's a very important because if people say it makes the world go around, what gets to me is that our personal life or personal faith or personal morals are involved in the marketplace. But how do we hear God's voice in the marketplace during a time where the woke movement is waiting to silence us or even shut business, businesses down for standing for what we believe in? That's such a great question. I think if you, the statistics are 98 and a half percent of us don't work in the church. We don't work in the professional ministry. So that means that most of us listening to this show are going to work every day. We're in the marketplace, whether we're working in an entry level position or we're in the C-suites. So we have this ability uh, to take the character of God with us, not to isolate, not to compartmentalize, not to be one way in our family or at church and then walk into our, our marketplace and be a different way. We have, we have the ability to take the Father heart of God with us into the marketplace. And earlier, you were just uh, talking with Sean about instinct and intuition and our ability to recognize that God speaks to us, that we can hear his voice and instinct, what we feel in our gut. And we have the intuition to make choices based on, on God's uh, direction in our life. It's so powerful. Uh, the Christian word, like Sean was saying, is discernment. Uh, you know, uh, that's, that's the Christian word. But one of the things we wanted to do in this book is talk about instinct and intuition, which, which are very real things. As we walk through uh, this season in time where there's many uh, contributing factors that, are, that are, are trying to get our eyes off of God and onto things that, that are not around Jesus' spirit, the thing that we can do is just keep coming back to God's heart, to the fact that he loves us, that our identity is that we are loved sons and daughters of God. And then we move forward uh, in the marketplace uh, with that baseline of understanding for our lives and for the people that we are working with, that we are loving, that we are caring for, that we're doing projects with. Okay, you got to help me because I want to get to the place of how do we transform the way we are wired so we can hear God's voice in the marketplace, in the ministry, in our culture, in our family right now. What do we do? How do we transform the way we are, we're wired? There's a temptation in Christianity right now to look at what God's not doing and look what Satan's doing and just be consumed with it. 
but we're actually called to know what God's doing. And we teach people from chapter one on, it's we're looking to reverse engineer how God's shown up in our life. If you can't hear God clearly, look for all the wins you've had in life. Look for the wins you had with your child, with your wife or husband, with your business, with your ministry, whatever it is, look for those times that were the most glorious times of life. And you are not the hero of that story if you're a Christian. You've given your life to Jesus and he brought you through a series of decisions that brought you to that point. So you actually look at where was I when I made the decision, this chain reaction caused this to happen in my life. And what you'll start to find is how God speaks to you. Oh, when I get that feeling and I said yes to that opportunity because I knew it was God or I felt right about it. Oh my gosh, feeling right about it is God. And we're looking for that disruptive voice. It's like, this is the Lord. Like Mondo, you had that disruptive day of voice where God was disrupting you and allowing you like the old, an Old Testament prophetic experience where he's coming like James Earl Jones and showing you there's a new way. But the normal way we hear from God, not that that doesn't happen, but the normal consistent way we hear from God and that way we need to rewire ourselves to believe for it is that we, he's in the still small spaces. The God of all the universe who doesn't fit in time and space lives inside of me and shares the same headspace. So I'm going to get information that comes into my spirit that isn't my thoughts that I have to pay attention to, but I even have to learn how that process happens in me by looking at my wins, looking at the times that he's shown up, looking at the times I've had breakthrough. Unbelievable. You know, you guys write about the importance of mindset, and you talked about that. Many people manage what I've, you know, I know I did in the gangs. I managed by fear or 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 just intimidation but you guys write about the barbarian mindset and when i read that on page 86 survival the barbarian mindset i said that was me that was me you know i was so excited that i was able to identify what you're writing about because a lot of people uh manage this way bob how do we get this to change? How do we change this environment that we're in right now if people are managing their career, they're managing in the marketplace, they're managing people, they're probably pastoring people with the survival mode of the barbarian mindset? It comes back to me personally, to my identity, that I'm a loved son of God, that, I'm, that, that we are loved sons and daughters of God. The barbarian mindset comes from a mindset of survival, but we are serving a living God and we are serving the kingdom of heaven. So our, our whole baseline is coming from a place of love. Now, how many people talk about love in business or, or, or love in the marketplace? Not many, but we need to bring this conversation into every area of our life. We need to bring the conversation of love into, into the areas where uh, the kingdom of heaven really needs to invade, and the marketplace is one of them. There's so many of us out in the marketplace right now in, in different places and positions where if we can keep our love moving forward, it will change everything. I think as ministers, or if you have a ministry, or maybe you have a church, a lot of the people that are sitting in the pews probably fail to identify with a lot of what we're teaching because maybe as leaders we forget that people still do work in the marketplace. They don't work and operate in the arena of ministry per se. I was reading a, a, a research the other day that 1% of the population do what we do for a living, meaning they're in full-time ministry. 
And, and it's shocking because a lot of times we forget that people have their own careers, they manage their own business in the marketplace, and sometimes they don't feel like they can identify with some of the teachings that are coming from our pulpits today. But you're right. We're, we're supposed to lead with love, no matter if we're in the pulpit, whether we're managing a business, whether we're leading crews in the construction field. We all have a sense of purpose, and we are wired. You know, no matter what we do, we are wired to hear from God. Now, my question is this. How are God's people wired to think uh, right now? Well, it's really interesting when you look at the, the statistics we have in the book, that when you look at the wealthiest people group on the earth, it's not a country, it's not California, it's not America, it's not China, it's Christians. We hold 51% of the world's wealth right now or 55% as of this year, which means if we can just get revelation and we could understand our wiring, something would shift and change inside of us. I think that the way we're wired right now and what God's doing in this generation is over the next five and 10 years, we're going to see prominent people in prominent positions who are like Daniels, Joseph's, Esther's. They're going to share from their experience and they're going to have solutions to really big problems that has stumped the world. And a lot of the solutions will be really obvious. They'll be so obvious, but it took God to point it out because there'll be simple solutions that the whole world can participate with. And I think right now that wiring is at stake. Like we need to hear God. We need to connect to each other and connect to the way that God's wired us to not only hear his voice, but to bring transformation through his voice to restore the things that Jesus was you know, who died for and rose again for, for God so loved the world, not just humanity, but God loved the world. And so he's coming for the world again. Jesus is returning and we're wired to help bring about as sons and daughters that scenario. Unbelievable. The authors of Wired to Hear, one final message. My time is gone for today. But Bob, what's your final message about this book that you want people to hear? We wrote this book because Sean had a word that marketplace leaders are going to be the forerunners of the next great move of God. Sean and I believe that the next great move of God is going, is coming, is in the foretelling in the future. And the 99% of us who are in the marketplace are going to be part of that. Sean, you have been known in the prophetic uh, arena. What do you feel God's word is for the church right now, for those that are listening, those that are watching right now, and they're wanting to hear uh, a word from God, you have been known to give prophetic words. What word is God laying in your heart for this hour? If we can remove everything that clutters our space and just our internal mind or internal heart and give God time to talk, he's speaking in unbelievable ways. And he wants to come to the most normal human. He comes to the person who's going to shame the wise which 1 Corinthians one twenty six says it's the common person like you and I. And so if you'll listen, even though you, you don't always hear in that moment, you're preparing yourself for a move of God that's going to be breaking out all over the earth, not based on a church, but based on the, the children of God who form the church. And it's going to be a beautiful season ahead for the church. There you have it. My special guests today, Bob Hassan and Sean Voltz, they are the authors of Wired to Hear, Connecting God's Voice to Your Life influence and career. This book is going to help you in your practical journey to feel spiritually wired to learn to hear God's voice in the midst of chaos. Listen, no matter what is going on in your life, God has a plan and a purpose for you. This is the time where we need to 
learned to hear from God. My life was changed, was radically changed in the midst of my speaking engagements, in the midst of being busy, God interrupted my life so I can learn to hear from Him. If there's one thing I want you to get out of this program today is that God wants to speak to you, but more importantly, He wants you to listen to His voice. I have to go today. Get the book. I'm going to put a link on the screen. Wired to Hear, Connecting God's Voice to Your Life, Influence and Career. Sean Bowles, Bob Hassan. Thank you so much, you guys. I appreciate your time. I've enjoyed our talk. And listen, keep the faith. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.